Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And to all of our listeners, I'm sorry for our hiatus. We have been off duty and a lot has happened, so we're going to get you caught up right here, right now. And the reason we've been off duty, Aaron, I'll take the blame here. I recently moved into a new house, and I've got to say off the bat, Huge shout out to Georgia Pack and Load. I went with Georgia Pack and Load. A couple of Georgia guys own the company, Bruce and Ralph. Ralph's the owner, Bruce the director of sales. If anybody in the Atlanta or Georgia area is planning on moving, Aaron, I know you might be doing that soon. You've got to use Georgia Pack and Load. Go to gapackandload.com. Check them out. Huge thanks to Ralph and Bruce and the crew that got me into my home. So I'm here now. I'm swarmed in boxes, Aaron. But so much is going down, and that's why we're kind of, I guess we could call this an emergency podcast for our Georgia listeners, but we're due. We've got Emergency give, is right. Yeah, Holy smokes. We've got to give everybody what they want. So here we are. Follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron is at AaronMarie11, and I am at Drew Butler 13. And get this, Aaron, with all of the breaking news going down, especially surrounding Justin Fields' potential transfer or likely transfer, I guess you could say, we've got world-famous author and speaker on the topics of leadership, culture, and teamwork, John Gordon. John Gordon is the man, Aaron. He talked to us when we were at Georgia. He is the author of such books as The Energy Bus, The Carpenter, The Power of Positive Leadership. So who better? than to talk to him about this Justin Fields fiasco. All right, Aaron, I I follow you on social media. I see all your doings working out now. You're making me feel really bad, but you are the quarterback of the Atlanta Legends. You're that extreme dad bod over there. uh, Yeah, well, I look good. I look good. Come on now. What's going on, dude? How are you feeling? Dad bod. Dude, I'm feeling great, man. We've been just training away. We had a little mini camp a week and a half ago, which was fun. Kind of get together with everyone, see what the team's going to look like. A little, little. More dealing with install, did the medical, make sure my, my knees and ankles and hips and all that good stuff still work properly, and then get going about a week and a half, two weeks, February or January 4th, excuse me, we fly out to San Antonio for a okay. month. All the teams, all eight teams are going to go to San Antonio, you're going to practice out there, we'll do some inner squad, or not inner squad, but practicing with other teams, a couple of those, and then one preseason game at the end of it, and then fly back 
February first, and then first games of the ninth. So, all right, sweet, dude. Well, I am not. I don't know if I'm ready to get hit yet. I just I, <laughs> mentally. No, you're not. You're weak. Oh, baby. You're mentally and physically weak. Don't kid yourself. So weak. I'll be the one person so weak. to tell it's you. Good. You know what the good thing is that they told us. There's a, there's a different rules. I mean, you got to go for two, no offs. I already um, don't like 35 it. seconds to 40, and then you can only rush five guys. What? You can only rush five. <laughs> yeah. It's like seven-man football, eight-man football. So it's – well, they want to see – I mean, the goal is they want to see how guys, especially the interior, can you block and then can you get off blocks without having to do all these crazy blitzes and stuff. So it's going to be line up and just play football as fast as you can go. Absolutely. So I, th- I think it'll be fun. So hopefully no crazy – you know the defense is going to try to cheat though. Yes. That's the issue. They'll, they'll green dog a linebacker. So for those listeners, green dog is linebacker is going to have the running back and and, and, and this crowd if the running back blocks. Linebacker will then blitz, which can make it six guys. And they'll say, oh, just guard the running back. So I'm sure there's going to be little ways the defense is – Try to skirt around the rules, yeah, but you gotta whatever, do that. it should be fun. If you ain't cheating, yeah, you, you ain't too. trying. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. All right, well, here's what we're going to talk about. Obviously, huge week in college football with early signing day on Wednesday, just the beginning of early signing period. And then, of course, Justin Fields' rumors that he will be transferring from Georgia. And I want to talk about players sitting out bowl games. So, Aaron, where do you want to start? Because we do have John Gordon coming on a little bit. I really want to talk to him about this Justin Fields situation. Early signing period, though, it's really taken away from that first Wednesday in February that everybody's so used to. And now, man, as soon as these coaches are done with postseason play, if they get into a conference championship or at the end of the regular season, it is heavy recruiting time, and guys are really trying to get these dudes signed on the letter of intent so they don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah, it's just funny. I was actually talking with Christian Robinson the other day. I saw him, linebacker coach for Florida um, at the airport. For those who don't know, C-Rob was the linebacker when we were there at Georgia, now with Dan Mullen and the Gators. But I was asking, like, do you guys like this whole early signing day? And he's telling me that it's kind of great get all your guys you're pretty much done yeah I mean, you're done at christmas and then you could just start focusing on the next class beginning of january so they kind of like it. i mean obviously if you if you're an elite program like florida georgia alabama all these top sec schools it's kind of nice because you know you're going to get pretty much the majority of your guys signed yep. up right now and maybe a couple stragglers here and there but there may be four or five at most i mean some of these guys are going to be done um, so that's a good thing. Now you can start getting ready for that next year. Maybe even take some vacation time after your bowl game to kind of relax with your family, let the players relax a little bit too. So I think the more and more I talk with coaches, cause I was a little skeptical about it last year saying there's, that's a lot going on right now. For sure. Guys are getting ready for bowl games and coaches are having to worry about flying around, you know, just like Chris, I mean, he's flying around from place to place. He was in Atlanta going down to Sarasota to go meet with a, a recruit you know, instead of focusing on the bowl game, they're having to recruit. But like I said, they seem to like it. And most of these guys should know and have a good feeling by now anyways throughout the season of who's going to commit, who's not going to commit, who do they spend more time and, and dollars on. So overall, it's, it's, it's been a good response from the No question. It's funny to see how many coaches, you know, obviously I live in Atlanta, were at the Georgia high school state championship games. I mean, it was like a who's who on the sideline recruiting in Mercedes Benz stadium because they want these guys to sign early. Again, a commitment means nothing. You have got to sign your letter of intent and then you are bound to that school at least for one year. 
it's crazy now how many kids are transferring and how many kids commit, decommit, go elsewhere, but that's just the nature of college football in 2018, heading in to 2019. I've never been one to read too far into team recruiting rankings, but if you look at the top of the list, Aaron, the teams that are at the top of the recruiting rankings continuously play the most meaningful football year in and year out. Right now, as it stands, this is Tuesday afternoon, the day before National Signing Day, early signing period opens up. Alabama, surprise, surprise, is number one with 24 total commitments, two five-stars and 19 four-stars. Texas A&M, your boy Jimbo Fisher, that is your team of the future, Aaron. They're standing at number two. They've got 24 commits, two five-stars, 15 four-stars. Georgia's at the number three spot right now with 18 commitments, two five-stars, 15 four-stars, and Clemson is number four. 24 total commits, two five-stars, 10 four-stars. So multiple five-stars there in the top four or six teams in the recruiting rankings, and the teams that are there are your usual suspects. Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. I mean, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma are creeping up there. It's a lot different, but this is the new norm, and it's crazy because, Aaron, if you let, read last night, rumors about Justin Fields transferring from Georgia, the former five-star quarterback, the number two overall recruit in America just a year ago, yeah, he might be leaving, but that leaves the quarterback depth chart in, in, in scrambling mode in Athens, and they've got to go get somebody on the roster quick. So they're probably running around the nation right now, Aaron, seeing who is still available, a top-ranked recruit that they could bring into Athens. Yeah, the whole thing, and we'll keep talking more and more about it, it still is, is mind-blowing to me a year ago. That's the issue. I mean, when you get five-star kids, the next year you're kind of in limbo of, you know, are you going to get another kid? Are they going to want to stay? And, and I thought Justin might have flipped his decision last year. So I, I'm not surprised at all. And and the fact that he didn't go out there and win, win the job. I mean, Jake Fromm has done a tremendous job. His first year, he did a tremendous job. This year, I mean, he had one bad game versus LSU, and that's about it. Other than that, he dominated, and he outshined Tua on the biggest stage, yep. SEC championship game. He made Tua look like an average quarterback, and Jake Fromm looked like the kid that you should say should be in the Heisman conversation based on the way he played in that SEC championship game. So I think Fields is looking at it as – I may not get the play for another couple of years. Cause I don't know. I mean, who knows if Fromm's going to leave after three, I mean, he'd be well could, I think it, depending on where some guys may stay uh, for their another year, or if they go on and leave like guys like Dwayne Haskins, Herbert. I mean, if those guys leave this year, that kind of lessens the field yeah. for the next season for Jake Fromm. But if those guys stay for another season, you're looking at a pretty stacked class come what 2020 for sure for that NFL draft. So I think Fromm may at that point stay for a senior year and then Justin Fields looking at it like, hey, I'm going to be a back for two more seasons and then get spares playing time and then have one full season as my own. So you can't hate him for the decision. As a player came in with high expectations, you want to be the guy. It didn't work out. He sells a lot of time to go out there and, and redshirt or go to a Juco play and then yep. have two more years after that. So his whole career in front of him. And I don't think anyone's going to complain uh, regardless if he if he stays or goes. It's interesting. The reports of the lawyer that his family has hired to take over his appeals process with the NCAA, maybe citing a few incidents that happened during 2018 that would possibly allow him 
to play next year. I mean, that's what he wants to do. I think if he had good information that told him, yes, you have a good chance to play in 2019, he would transfer. And this is national news. I'm watching ESPN right now as we're recording this, Aaron. And Paul so what, Feinbaum, what, what is that? What, what's I don't get how that can happen. So uh, Shea Patterson, you know, obviously with what yes. went on at Ole Miss, he hired yeah, but that, the that same NCAA lawyer. Came out and- that anyone can leave yeah, there was because a, of what's going on with all the, the, exactly. the suspensions. There was a specific incident that happened the weekend of the Tennessee game with an unruly fan, the baseball player from Georgia, uh, who was kicked yeah. out of school. I've seen reports that they could use that and leverage that into a case that would be made that Justin wasn't treated fairly at Georgia. Obviously, that was not under the control of the football team, but you know, rules are rules, and that's what lawyers get paid to do. So that intrigues me a little bit. It's national news, though, because of the teams that he is rumored to be looking at, Ohio State, Oklahoma, possibly Ole Miss. This is going to be big Dude, time go, If he goes, that's, I said that this morning, Oklahoma. Oh, man. With his skill set, oh, well, he's going to have to learn smokes. the playbook, though. I mean, you can't just walk in and yeah, throw you your helmet on the playbook. You got to understand what's going is on. So spread out, yeah, so QB friendly. I mean, it's literally line up, and it's find your one-on-one matchup, and if it's not there, take off and run. I mean, this isn't the most complex offense they're running at Oklahoma. There's not a ton of checks and motions, and all. It's it's line up, spread you out. Like I said, locate that one-on-one matchup. You got great out. You got great talent on the outside. You got great talent in the running back position, and you're going against really. Bad defenses so yeah. it's very very qb friendly especially with a skill set like his I mean, we saw baker mayfield running throwing we saw this year uh with Murray, his ability and then uh, justin fields is bigger stronger better arm than both those guys i don't know about speed wise him and kyler but justin can definitely go out there and run the football so i think that's a dangerous if i'm him that's number one for me yeah. it has to be yeah you know that if, if i'm looking at all the schools and my skill set is and what's a team that's already loaded with talent and a good reputation and someone's going to get me into the playoffs. You got to look at Oklahoma. Um, Ohio state would be good. I think that's more of a pro style attack. So that could be good for him and his, de- his development. Obviously Florida would be great, but I don't see with Emory Jones and Felipe right now. Yeah. I think those guys kind of have a leg up being uh, at Florida and under that system with Dan Mullen for a year now. I do think it's interesting. If you, if you look around the landscape of social media and how this is being reported, fans and media members are trying to vilify someone, right? They're getting really angry over this situation. How could he betray Georgia? Why would he do this? X, Y, Z. If you look at former players uh, and how they're reacting to the situation, it's like, well, you know, This is the new norm. If you recruit five stars every single year, Aaron, you've mentioned in the past, you had to have the conversation with your parents. If things go this way, here's how we will make a decision afterwards. That's just the nature of the beast. Justin knew this going into the situation. What can't be overlooked, though, is Jake Fromm. I mean, he has disposed two five-star quarterbacks at Georgia. Obviously, Jacob Eason got injured, which opened the door for Jake Fromm, and he took over from there. And then Justin Fields comes in thinking that he could compete, and Jake just backs up an unbelievable freshman year with a fantastic sophomore I just season. want to know when people are going to get off Fromm's back a little bit. I mean, the guys yeah, want him to be to, benched right? the entire season, uh, especially after the LSU game. And it's just like, calm down, man. Yeah. The kid has done everything that he needs to do. I mean, literally he's done everything he needs to do. I mean, the defense faltered in the, in the second half versus Alabama last season defense for this year against Alabama. I mean, there, there's nothing more he could have done in either of those games. In my opinion, I mean, he, he should have a national championship ring 
and he should have a second SEC championship ring and yep. back in the playoffs yeah. trying to get oh, another national man. championship. No, I mean, th- none of that is his fault. No, you're totally so, right. You are 100% correct. And for anybody listening that's going to call me a hypocrite because my thought process on this Justin Fields transfer, transfer situation is, well, who cares? I mean, honestly, whatever. It is what it is. Best of health, luck to though, him. Health is the issue. I understand. Health is certainly you know, you the issue. you got to make sure he stays healthy. you got to make sure he stays healthy. But I bashed Kelly Bryant because I don't think Kelly Bryant handled it the right way. Justin's trying to handle it the right way. He says he will do it after the season, explore all options, and go from there. So, hey, thanks, Justin, for one year at Georgia, and best of luck elsewhere if you make the decision. But... We have the best guests. You can go anywhere in the college football landscape or the national media landscape and listen to talking heads who have no idea what they're talking about, give you their opinion on the Justin Fields transfer situation from Georgia. But with the combination of you and I, Aaron, we're about to bring in famed author and speaker John Gordon. John speaks on the topics of leadership, culture, and teamwork. He spoke to Aaron and I when we were at the University of Georgia. He has spoken with national champion and world champion teams across all sports, Fortune 500 companies. And he's got great books like The Energy Bus, The Carpenter. Get these ones, The Power of Positive Leadership. You need to win the locker room first. I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. So we have a very special guest. Let's bring him in right now. Here is John Gordon. Okay, Aaron, we are thrilled and honored to welcome in a very special guest to the Punt and Pass podcast, none other than John Gordon, famous author and speaker. John, you spoke to us when we were student-athletes at the University of Georgia. You've worked with teams like the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, Philadelphia Eagles, Clemson University, Atlanta Falcons, so many more. And you have awesome books. I'm looking at them on my bookshelf right now, such as The Energy Bus, The Carpenter, and very timely ones right now, The Power of Positive Leadership, the power of a positive team, and you win in the locker room first. So, John, thanks for joining us. And first off, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, guys. It's great to see you again. I still remember speaking to you, your team. You guys were sitting in the front row right there. I still remember to this day. That's been a lot of fun. We've obviously, that was a long time ago. I'm aging myself, but you made a huge impact at Georgia, and I love following your stuff. Everybody can follow John on Twitter at John Gordon 11, J-O-N Gordon 11. All right, so the, the, the news, the national news, obviously we're two Georgia guys, but I'm watching ESPN, everybody's talking about it, is that five-star recruit and the number two overall recruit in America just a year ago, quarterback Justin Fields is deciding to transfer from the University of Georgia after just one year. Aaron obviously was a quarterback at Georgia. I played at Georgia as well. And it, to me, John, it seems very reactionary when these types of things happen. Somebody has to get the blame. Somebody has to be vilified. There's a good side. There's a bad side. I'm going to ask you first, how do you think this affects the locker room, the coaching staff, really the the – the, the drive forward towards a big bowl game coming up at the end of December? That's a great question. I'm not sure how it affects them right now, but I, I think when you're a leader and you're a quarterback, you really are a leader of the team. Even if you're not the starting quarterback, you're someone who influences the team in a positive or negative way. So w- when you sign up for that position, I believe that position and that authority that you have and that influence you have is huge. So deciding to leave right now, while it's a, a personal reason, and I can understand the reasons 
at a personal level, uh, it, it can affect the team overall. But looking at this overall, I mean, obviously you have a, a kid in Jake Fromm, had a tremendous freshman year, came in, beat out a, a five-star recruit, led the team to the national championship, did everything he needed to do, and then jumped fields. And, and you got to love the competitor. I mean, you love a kid that says, I don't care who's there, who's ahead of me. I want to go out there and compete. I want to be the guy I grew up wanting to be a Georgia Bulldog. In his mind, were his expectations too high, thinking that he can come unseat a kid, a true freshman who just led the team to national championship, and then going forward to in that locker room, can you have two leaders at that position, um, or is that are you kind of getting to a problem where you're dividing that locker room and, and there's going to be kind of gossip going along of who should play and who shouldn't play? It's really all how you handle it. It's all about the culture. I respect him, admire him for someone who wants to go in there and compete. You know, as a competitor, it doesn't matter who you're going against. You believe that you're the best and you can beat anyone else out. The fact that you don't win the position, though, that's where the decision comes in. Do I stay? Do I leave? That's the challenge right now that all these young athletes are facing. And I believe for everyone, it's it's going to be a different decision. But I do believe you can't be reactionary. I think sometimes people are making the decision to leave, you know, too early. Like that's it. I didn't win the position. I'm out of here. I believe if you're meant to go and you really pray on it, you reflect on it, you really think about it after a while, you give it some time. Okay, maybe you are supposed to go. But just because you don't win the position doesn't mean you should leave because so many things can happen on the journey. And sometimes when you stay, right, a guy gets injured, you wind up rising up and having an incredible season and your, your career takes off from there. Or perhaps you stay another year and you mature and you grow. And then when that guy goes to the pros, you now step in. I think of Matt Castle, who never started in college and wind up having a great NFL career, never played in college and yet winds up getting drafted. I think of Schwen Nader. Schwen Nader was recruited by John Wooden to play at UCLA. He goes there. John Wooden said, you're never going to play because we have the best center in the world in Bill Walton. But we want you to play against Bill Walton every day in practice. So every day he's challenging Bill Walton in practice to be his best, to make Bill Walton better. That's his job. He never starts a college game, but he's the only person in NBA history never to have started a college game. He'll be drafted in the first round of the NBA. 12-year NBA career, rookie of the year. So every day he was pushing Bill Walton to get better, he got better. And I think we're making the decision today that if I'm not the star, that's it. But sometimes you have to help the star. Sometimes you grow in the backup position. So, again, we know the stories of people who transferred, Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson and others, and they did what's right for them. But I just think too often we're making the quick decision and maybe not the right decision. No, you're totally right. I mean, just look at Jalen Hurts this year, John. He did not transfer middle of the season when he lost the starting job to Tua Tungavailoa, and he got his moment to shine in the SEC championship game. Now he is forever a hero, whether you can argue he was before that. And now or he's going to transfer after this season. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you mentioned it best. Every decision is so nuanced. That is very true. And Justin Fields' situation, it does seem very quick. To me, though, he's going about it the right way. You mentioned this in the energy bus. It doesn't seem like he was an energy vampire. His teammates respected him. He played when he got the chance. The coaches still let him play in the game whenever they saw fit. So I give him a ton of credit 
for sticking out the year, for not having a bad attitude, for continuing to work hard. I just hope he's making the right decision for himself. And when you look at how the media covers it or you look at how fans react to it, it's funny the stark contrast between how they react and how former players or people who have been around the game react. Because you sit there and you say, you know what? I can understand why he's doing this. I hope it's the right decision. But I think he went about it the right way. So for that, I give him a lot of credit. It's just crazy to me how this is becoming the culture of college football in 2018 heading into 2019. Yeah, so no longer is it a, in essence, you know, you're there for the team. You're there really for you. And I think that's the biggest challenge for in sure. college sports today and professional sports as well as how do we turn me into we? Because if everyone is their own enterprise, if everyone is their own business, then how can you truly come together to be a team? And this is the challenge that coaches have. This is what I work a lot with teams on is how do you become a united, connected team? And how do you put we before me? And again, yeah, I'm going to, I think like with Justin, okay, I was putting uh, the team first. I was getting in whenever I wanted to start first thing, but I didn't win the position. So how do I have a positive attitude? How do I show up every day, make the team better? And how do I focus on the team first? And perhaps he did that. And now he's saying at the end of the year, all right, now I got to do what's best for me and my future. Okay, I can respect that. But that line is getting grayer and grayer. Yeah. Well, you look at coaches nowadays, and, and obviously with all these ESPN and rivals and 247 or whatever it is and, and all these rankings and get the fans excited of, oh, we have another you know, five-star recruit at this position and we have another top five class or whatever it may be. Is it healthy and is it good to continuously get, say, a, a position like quarterback when there's only going to be one guy? I mean, this isn't running backs where you can play two th- – guys receivers you can rotate offensive linemen you can somewhat rotate defense same thing I mean at this position at quarterback there is one guy I mean at some point can you have three four guys on your roster that are four stars five stars is it healthy is that competition healthy or is it kind of like hey you need to take a break maybe take a year off from giving a five star let your guy feel comfortable and just trust him in the process I love what Dabo Sweeney says when he recruits he says hey we're not going to promise you anything. <laughs> yeah, love that. If he goes, if anyone else promised you that, then you go. But you come here if you want to earn your position. You come here if you want to compete. And if you do, we're going to make you work for it. And we're not going to promise you anything. But no one will love you like we do. And that's their focus is to truly love the player and invest in the player. But you will have to earn everything. He tells the the greatest five-star recruits that they know they're showing up to compete. And I think that's what you want in your football team. So you want as many high-level, five-star, competitive people who want to earn their positions. And I think if you get a group of people that are, are focused on that, you're going to have a great team. I would space out my quarterbacks so that you know that if one's graduating – you have one in the wings, you know, uh, two years later, they're going to have their time to shine. Maybe it's not going to be four years. But, you know, if you get one great year in college, one great year where you show what you have, you are going to be a top prospect in the NFL. So I don't think there should be a rush to say I need to start my freshman year. So you come in, you learn, you, you grow, and then if you happen to earn the position, great. If not, 
when that person hopefully graduates, they're that good. They're going to graduate as a junior, go play in the NFL. You're going to step in in two years. That would be my mindset. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And John, I want to relate this for our listeners because you do a lot of public speaking with Fortune 500 companies covering how to get that great teamwork, how to increase your sales, et cetera, et cetera. I'm done playing football now. I did play five years in the NFL. I understand what it is to either earn a job perform well or get fired it happened to me multiple times but i think people who are reacting to this in a negative light are probably in the corporate world and they see a guy like justin fields who yeah he had a lot of potential he was a five-star quarterback now it didn't go his way and he says you know what on to the next one now if you were in sales or if you were in the corporate world and you had zero sales one year quit your job and then went out into the workforce and said you know what I want to go to the best team, hire me. And they said, well, what's your record look like in the last year? And you said, oh, I've got zero sales. I just think that I should be your guy. You'd get laughed out of the room. You would, but obviously this is different because we know (laughs) someone has the potential. It wasn't like uh, Justin Fields was able to show that he could sell. So it wasn't like he was out there selling every day. So he couldn't show that he was a rock star salesperson. But what he does show is obviously potential skill and the ability to be a, a great quarterback. And again, for me, if I'm him, again, if I'm him, I'm staying one more year. I'm staying one more year and seeing what happens. But I'm not him. And yeah. if he knows a better chance. So you have to ask yourself, do I want to go to this top, top program like Georgia, right? Do I want to go to a Clemson and go compete and maybe have to wait a couple of years? Or do I want to go to a program where I can just be the star and shine and be the quarterback on a, on a lesser team, but still just show what I got every day. And we know like a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, right? He, he played at Miami and Ohio. Talking to all the draft scouts and, and people I know in the industry, what they say is when you get a guy like that and they don't have superstar receivers, but they make those people look like superstars, you know you got a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. You get a quarterback in college who, who's a decent quarterback, but he's got a bunch of pro receivers and and he's good because of those receivers then they are able to evaluate that quarterback a little differently so i want the person maybe who just no matter whether at a top level program or even a low level program if that quarterback is making the people around them better that's what you're looking at so again if i know that i want to go to the nfl then maybe i go to a lesser school i know me i would want to be part of a great culture be part of a great team and, and rise up in that program. Because I think there's a lot of benefit to being part of a great culture as well. So, like, I mean, USC all those years had all those great quarterbacks and all that great culture. You know, being part of Georgia, you had great culture there. You had a great team. So a lot of times the culture brings that talent out in you and, and drives that talent towards greatness. So I know I'm not, I'm not speaking on both sides. I'm giving both sides of that. There, it's such a hard decision because you get you get both at both levels. You know, uh, another bit. Another big topic we've we're seeing more more every single year and a lot this year with a lot of big name players is is, is skipping the bowl game, you know, and saying, Hey, I'm gonna forego my last game and get for the draft. Is that any tell, in your opinion, for NFL scouts and GMs looking at these players, especially at the QB position? I mean, we see a couple of QBs who are not gonna be playing their last game and saying, Hey, I, I wanna stay healthy and, and get ready and get start training for the NFL draft. Is that hurting them? Is that helping them? Is it just kind of a, a who cares? Whatever kid do what he wants to do. What, what what are your thoughts on that one? Clearly that's the mindset that I have the chance of getting hurt in this game. But I also believe you have the chance of getting hurt in practice. 
you have the chance of, of getting hurt on uh, at OTAs. You have the chance of getting hurt the first week you sign up in the NFL. So for me, yes, we have those stories of the guy who played the game and got hurt. But how many stories do we have of guys who played and didn't get hurt? I think there's more guys who actually play that don't get hurt than For guys sure. who actually do. So to me, that represents, I'm just saying, I'll give my opinion, it represents a level of fear. There's a level of fear that I have to take care of myself to make sure that I don't get hurt in this game. And I, I guess if there's a huge signing bonus, that's the big issue. And again, we move from college, which is not being paid. That's a whole other story, right? To now the pro level where I can make a lot of money. And we know from a draft prospect, that's not going to hurt from who they are and from what the scouts see that McCaffrey didn't play. Right. That didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, he, he went right to the pros. So I think if, if they know you are a good talent and they know that uh, you're, you're a top draft prospect, they don't care if you play in the bowl game at that level because they want you probably healthy. But I'm again, going back to me and maybe I'm just old school, but I would play the game because if I signed up to be part of this team and I was part of this culture, part of this group, and we have our last game together, I would want to play in that game knowing that, you know what, I I invested in the root. And if I invest in the root, I'm going to get a great supply of fruit. Maybe, again, not just temporary, but throughout the rest of my life. I think it just shows who you are, that you're part of a team and you're going to play for your team and you're going to go there forward. Again, that's just me. But, I again, I understand why they wouldn't play and the decisions they make in that process. I'm just saying, for me, I just think that if you're part of a team, you should play with your team. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I guess you could call me crotchety or old school as well. I like working hard. I like trying to fight through adversity. I appreciate being part of a great culture. I, of course, did not have these certain specific situations while I was in college, so I don't know how I would personally handle them, but you're kind of speaking exactly how I'm feeling. I don't want to get cheesy, but I've got a quote right here in my office, and it says, John, we are all faced with a series of great opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations, right? If you just give up when something seems impossible, maybe you don't get that great opportunity, as you mentioned at the start of the interview, as we just discussed with Jalen Hurts. So I guess everybody's kind of saying, well, you know what? Best of luck to Justin. He did his thing at Georgia for a year. I would have loved to see him stick around one more season as well, but hopefully he finds the most success for him and his family. Now, John, before we let you go, I got to put you on the spot. College football playoff semifinals are at the end of the month. Number two, Clemson's playing number three, Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. Number four, Oklahoma's playing number one, Alabama in the Orange Bowl. I need two winners, and I need a national champion. Well, of course I got to go with Clemson. (laughs) I've been working with them for seven years. The last year I worked with you guys, and then after that went to Clemson for the past seven years. So uh, Mark Rick never invited me back. Oh, I might text him right now. That's unacceptable. (laughs) So, so Clemson, and then I have to say after uh, Clemson, I would I, I think Oklahoma has a shot at beating Alabama because of their line. If their line can hold off Alabama's D line, I think Oklahoma could beat Alabama. So let's say Oklahoma, Clemson, and then Clemson national champion. That's a great pick. All right. Well, John, we appreciate you so much. Thanks so much for your time and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Have a blessed rest of December. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Great seeing you again. Okay, that was a great interview with famed speaker and author John Gordon. Huge thanks to John. Merry Christmas to him. Aaron, probably our best guest so far, most timely guest for sure. 
I'm glad he responded to my Twitter direct message because we got him in no time. So that was great. I mean, he said a lot of what you and I were thinking, and uh, it just seems like this is the landscape of college football in 2018 heading into 2019. Yeah, I mean, and you got to get used to it. And, and, and for all you Georgia fans out there, you have to continue to get used to it because you're going to yeah. continue to get four or five-star recruits that these kids want to play football. And, and, and obviously you, you may be from the state of Georgia and your dreams are, Hey, I want to have that G inside of my helmet to be the next legend in this state and for this university. But a lot of it, and you know, it too, Jeremy, a lot of it. And then just as anything in life is timing, yeah. you know, timing, when do you have the opportunity to go there? Because if, if this is two years ago, Justin Fields would be the starting quarterback of Georgia. Yeah. I mean, he's unfortunate. He came in after from, and from was the guy freshman year. It's just so much of life is timing and then especially in college football and the NFL, you know, your dreams may be to go here, but if there's another guy who's balling out in front of you and sometimes you got to deviate from that plan and go somewhere else and, and, and truly think what, what's the most important in my life. And, um, like I said, from the beginning, I have no issue with, with fields. If he wants to transfer somewhere else, I best I'll root for him. I think he's a great kid, an unbelievable talent. And I think if he gets the shot somewhere else to go play fingers crossed Oklahoma, because I think he'd be really fun. I think he'll go out there and ball out. So no doubt. we'll see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, tell me if I'm being cheesy, Aaron, but I, I don't think so. And again, I have not had to deal with these specific situations, but I wouldn't sit out a bowl game. I would certainly not leave after one year. I feel like when we were in school, it was more so guys sticking it through, trying to graduate earlier to be a graduate transfer. I mean, you look at the list of guys not playing in the bowl games, Aaron. Will Greer, starting quarterback, sitting out. Mm. Ed Oliver. From Houston, top five pick, sitting out. Debo Samuel, South Carolina, out. Greedy Williams, LSU, out. I mean, it's changing the game. I don't necessarily like it. Big bowl I games. can understand like, it. Why yeah, do you I want know. to sit out? I know. I, I mean, I bowl games are awesome. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I mean, bowl game, that's a great time. It's a huge honor. It's a lot of fun during the week. It's a good time to be with your buddies for the last time. Because, you know, as soon as you start training in January – I mean, you, you're, you're off the team. You're gone. I mean, you're yeah. moving on. You're not with your buddies anymore. You're not going to class. You're not playing video games. You're not going out for dinner. I mean, you are in business mode. Yeah. This is your last opportunity to be with the kids that you recruited with, the kids that you've played with, that meetings with, got a class with, have some fun, go to a great bowl game, hopefully win, and end your career on a great note. So I don't, I don't know why you'd want to take off an opp- another opportunity to play because we know NFL is a business. We yeah. know it is. And college football, it's a special time. You can ask any player, any player that played in college and played in the NFL. College, just it's a different feeling. And to lose one game when you could have played, I think, I don't know if they'll ever regret it, but I'm sure they could wish they could go back and take it back in a little bit. Yep, I totally agree, man. It's uh, it's crazy, but I love football. I do. I mean, that's not a joke. I love talking about it. I loved playing it when I was able to. And I, I just, if I could go back and play one game, I, I would love to. I think you would also, Aaron, and I think the majority of guys would as well. So hopefully they don't get hurt when they're training for the NFL draft because that is a possibility. And hopefully – Hopefully, society will understand that if you're faced with adversity, just stick through it a little bit. I mean, Fields has to, to a point, which which I will commend him for. But you know what? This specific search situation, it is what it is, Aaron. Get used to it at Georgia because they are going to be recruiting top-level talent like you just said. Get used to it at other teams who want to become top five perennial teams in college football. But... Hey man, that's what it that's what it is. Who cares to me? So, best of luck to Justin, best of luck to his family. This was a great episode. 
I'm about to get back to unpacking boxes. Again, thanks to Georgia Pack and Load. Aaron, keep posting you hip thrusting 450 pounds in preparation for Atlanta Legends training camp. Don't get too excited. If you don't see Drew smile on his face as he said that. No question. It moved, baby. All right, Aaron, anything on the way out? No, keep grinding, and uh, the fun bowl games begin, baby. And then, oh, just FYI for all those out there, Sharon's fantasy team, she auto-drafted auto drafted in the beginning of the season. Awful team, just awful. Oh, and two, she hired me as her new GM and transformed her team. And it is now in the championship. Hey, game. So now there you go. Congratulations. So Sharon may win her Sharon. first fantasy football league. That would be huge. So, Congrats to her. Keep us updated. Yes. And then for everybody still listening, I'm trying to set up like a 10 game pick them against the spread, uh, only for punt and pass listeners. And we will give away some prizes. That would be awesome. We'll start with the biggest and best bowl games, go through the playoffs. So, Keep it locked in here and on social media at Punt and Pass, Twitter and Instagram, at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. We will talk to you in a few weeks, certainly before the playoffs begin. See you.